Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, is my true love. My one and only, my boo, <laughs> Stu Whiffin. How you doing, mate? Just the two of us. Oh, yeah, sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, come on. <laughs> it is just the two of us tonight, though, isn't it? This yeah. is uh, this is a little retrospective look at the weekend's action. Um, UFC, and, and I've been doing the artwork as we're, as we're doing this on Valentine's Day, I think we can safely say we won't be getting any action. Is that... Oh, God, no. No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if um, you're, you've seen this on social media, uh, this episode... Have a look at the artwork because this is uh, UFC 27i uh, because the number one <laughs> broke on my laptop last week. You don't realise how much you use the number one key. And I was just, as you do, you just forget about it. And it was like, right, let's just do the art. I was like, oh, Blake, I can't, I can't do the artwork. I haven't got a one. So I was oh, like, man. so yeah, you've got a bit of a bit of a wonky eye in the artwork. But uh and we're, they never uh, would have known had you not said no, anything. No, I don't want to have any secrets from them. You know, I think oh. we're an open book here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two seven one. Did you did you stay up? No, God no, God no. no. No, to be fair, I am working at the moment. I'm doing uh, Kate and Koji, which will be out soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like the thought of staying up, and then obviously being with the kids all day, and then going to bed. I don't know. Uh, after being up for what god like 30 odd hours or whatever the hell it would be mm. i'm just like nah and I, I, i'm getting too old mate I, I, I in my 20s i could have done that no problem set for two hours been fine no worries in my 30s no it just doesn't it, it stays with you it's like a hangover it stays with you for a few days so and also in your 20s you can get up and uh, just have a McDonald's breakfast and then sit around in your pants all day. When you've got children, them kind of things never present themselves. It's like, Dad! And then it's like, that's it, we're at the blocks. And it's like, you ain't coming off the gas till bedtime. That's it, yeah. The only way I wear pants at the moment is I'm forced to like put my son's pants on my head or something <laughs> and run around and be Spider-Man or, or something like that. That's, that's the only pants wearing I'm doing at the moment. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It's, it's, it's too long. It's too long, the, uh, the thought of staying up. I mean, if, if, I, uh, if I wasn't working, I might have done it. Because again, just yeah. to kind of be with the kids today, it's all right. It's not a big deal. But it, when you're when you're then working and you got Monday and you're recording and all that, nah, it's too it's it's too much. So I got up early Sunday. Uh, the wife got breakfast in bed out of it, so lucky her. And nice. then uh, I I watched the fights downstairs. I kind of shut my eyes and fast forwarded until the Cannoneer Brunson fight. It's because I wanted to make sure I watched those fights before yeah, finding yeah, out yeah. any results. So I watched Cannoneer Brunson, Tuivasa Lewis. Adesanya, Robert Whittaker. Then I went back, watched the other fights on the main card. And then later in the day, like later in the evening, after I've been with the family and stuff, I watched the prelims. Uh, and uh, yeah, and today I actually watched a fight pass prelim because I wanted to oh, check out what was the fight of the night, which we can get to a little bit later and just have a brief 
mention of because it was a cracker. Um, and so, yeah, that was it. That was me. How did you, did you stay up? No, well, I actually went out with uh, some mates, um, only to his, like, he's got a little bar in his garden, so I just went around there and, and played some pool and, and, and had some beers. And, and I think by the time I got in, I was, I was quite drunk, and I just thought, oh, do you know what? I might, uh, I might just have a little something to eat and just watch a bit of telly before I get into bed. And Because uh, it was late, and then I just thought, ooh, if I turn over now, is that the beginning of the end? Am I then going to just write off tomorrow with a hangover and of, after staying up until the early, you know, the early hours watching it? So um, I did watch uh, a little bit of the Hernandez fight. And uh, no, it wasn't. No, no, it was um, the Olofsky fight. Uh, and yeah, and that sort of sent me off to sleep, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I just thought, all oh, right, that's that. And, like you, I got up the next day um, and watched the main card. I don't know how you do that fast forward business because I, you can do the kind of one where you hit, hit fast forward about three or four times and then it just sw- you know, whizzes past in chunks. But I always seem to not catch it at the beginning of a fight. I always catch it just as someone's hands being raised by Herb Dean. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. It's but, a risk. It's a yeah, risk because I've got is. it on the BT thingy and yeah. you press the button and it fast forwards by a one minute. Yeah. So you're just going click, 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 click. And I think you can tell when you've watched enough cards that like, okay, if it's a five fight main card, I probably want to. <laughs> Are you fast... saying you've developed a sixth sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, you just you get a rough idea, don't you? If it's a five fight main card, I think you're safe to fast forward it by about forty five minutes, right. and then you see about where you're at, type thing, mm. and then go, oh no, I quickly do more. But I was good. I was like, I was able to click it. I was sort of like shielding my eyes a little bit and just like squinting at the TV yeah. so that I didn't see too much. And I did. I made it perfect. I, I got to just about uh, Brunson making his way into the octagon. And I was like, oh, it's right. perfect. So it worked okay. out very well for me. Yeah, I've not seen the fight past prelims still. Um, I, I watched the main card then, uh, yeah, in the evening, managed to, to, to watch the prelims. But yeah, I, so you, you, I'm looking forward to finding out what was fight of the night and why it was. Ooh. But Yeah, there is a corker that you will have to catch up on if you've got, uh, if any of you out there have got fight. I know you, I know you have, mate. I don't care about you. Uh, but if any, anyone listening has got fight pass then uh, there is a fight. If you miss the fight past prelims, there's a fight you've got to go and check out, which I'll mention for you later. It's a little gem. And uh, I will mention, obviously, who wins and stuff. But So maybe you can fast forward that bit if you want. Or it's still a cracker anyway, even if because I think I knew who won, and I still was really excited by the fight. It was great. But let's start at the top of the card, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit underwhelmed. Um... Uh, I always feel bad saying stuff like that. I know what you mean. However, I think we have to respect that the uh, it kind of went how I said it would pan out, how I thought it would pan out. Oh, I thought thumb be... that in right from yeah. me off, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> thumb it right in there, mate. Um, but um, <laughs> you reminded me of a mate you say it was quite graphic, but it's about thumbing things things in. Uh, but we won't go there. But. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, these are the two best middleweights. There's a big gap, I think, between these guys and the other middleweights. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so it was, and I, I thought it would be a very different fight to the first fight. It would be more of a chess match and it would be a much closer fight and it would end in decision, but Adesanya will take it. That's basically what happened. I did think there might have been a little bit more excitement. But yeah. again, um, when we look back, if you look back at the um, the build-up to the fight and Whitaker talking about Jan Blahovic's game plan and all that kind of stuff, I just think to myself, yeah, but you're a guy that used to fight at welterweight and obviously you probably found the cut difficult and middleweight's clearly a better weight class for him, health-wise and everything. However, Jan was like two stone heavier than Izzy. When he got him down, he could hold him down because he's two stone heavier. When Whitaker got him down, and he did get him down, not easily, but he got him down a fair few times throughout the yeah. fight, more so than we've really seen Adesanya be put down on his ass, other than maybe the Blahovic fight. But he couldn't hold him down. Adesanya he seemed did, to just he, be able to stand up almost immediately. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, easy. And again, that's where I think size matters. It, mm. You know, you can't can't go in there as a small middleweight and hold down a guy. I mean, you look at when the tail of the tape comes up, He's got a six and a half inch reach advantage. He's about, what, five foot taller or whatever he is. This stuff makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. 
And uh, yeah, the, so it was it it went the way I sort of expected it to go. So I wasn't mention that again. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. But basically, my point being, I wasn't too disappointed because yeah. I sort of expected yeah. a slightly dull fight. If I'm honest, and I, I, I think dull's harsh. I don't think it was dull. I think no. it wasn't the fireworks you want when you get the two greatest guys in the division of the moment. You want fireworks, and it definitely wasn't that. I think the what we saw that night would be not what you'd want for fans to go run it back. Let's have the third one. Like I don't think there's any interest in that now. Um, no, I thought. The reach was um, very, very important in this fight. Um, Izzy's footwork and movement was was different level, absolutely different level. And you could see Whitaker was just trying to make up that ground. Uh, and you just don't know where you are with Adesanya. Switching stances constantly and, and just the movement, the way that he rolls with shots. And and I think, I do think he was also giving Whitaker a lot of respect. He wasn't... He wasn't really throwing shitloads back either, Adesanya. I think he was quite cautious not to get drawn into too much. I think Whitaker had run out of ideas by about the third round, and and was the the thing that really surprised me was how sincere it come across that he thought he'd won. Uh, I, I just thought, no, no, I don't like. Did you give him a round? I gave him Maybe. round five. Okay. Right. Um, but I, I think he lost four to one in terms of yeah. rounds. You know, I don't think there was a 10-8 in there or anything. So the easiest way is to say four one. Sure. I gave it four one. Some people gave him round two, I think, whatever. Yeah, I think it's I, I, obvious I thought two that the was right close. was made. Yeah, I mean, that, a lot of them were close, but I think it's to me it was clear that Izzy was kind of winning everything. Controlling uh, it. The first round was maybe had... That was the most obvious one-sided round for Izzy. Was it the was first? It got with, dropped in the first, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a straight yeah. left or something uh, that dropped him. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I I thought that was strange. I also thought he said one or two things in the lead up and in the press conference as well about like just showing the most of himself that he can show or, or, or coming away from there, um, just being proud of himself. Now, that sounds like the right thing to say. That sounds like a great thing to say. But call me crazy. I think when you're clearly the number two guy in the world and you're fighting the champion, I think it should be, no, I'm going for the belt. And look, I know Robert Whittaker's had a few issues, um, uh, mental health issues, stuff like that years ago. It was maybe linked to having the belt, all that stuff. So I'm sure he's coming from a place where his overall happiness is the key thing. And I totally respect that. And, and that's the way it should be. And I hope that he has a very long, happy, healthy life. But mm. I think that um, when a, a guy goes in there that, that could be champion, if this guy's not in the division and he's just talking about just, just doing himself proud and just, you know, showing a better account of himself than last time and stuff like that. It makes me think, oh, were you in there not to lose or were you in there to get to a decision rather than to truly win that belt. And yeah. like this is coming from an uneducated position. I don't know enough about that stuff. I've never been in that position to, mm. to, to fight. But I just I wonder about the mentality of it. It's just a curiosity I have about like, like there was a moment where he was on his back and Izzy was able to get him off. And from my untrained eye, it looked like they just kind of stared at each other for a second and then Robert Whittaker backed away and was like, right, let's go back to the game plan, whatever it is. And I just think that was in one of the later rounds from our end, remember. It was in round four or five, I think. And it was like, once he got him off, he was sort of with his back to him. It was like, just surely at that stage, you must know you're behind or whatever. Well, just explode. Just go for point. it. Like, you, 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 this is your Did chance to win the belt. I don't think he... he I, I don't know. I don't think he did. did he honestly think he was? Well, why, why risk it? I'm, I'm winning. You know, if he thought he was doing enough to win, I mean, we all know that. Don't leave it to the judges thing. And you know, if you do, surely he's. I mean, I couldn't really hear what his corner was saying, but you'd imagine his corner were going right. You've got to go for a finish here. Like, do not leave this in the hands of the judges because I'd say it's probably leaning towards Izzy right here. Um, didn't happen, but no. yeah, I. Uh, I just thought it was 
yeah, it was a little underwhelming. I thought Izzy could have done more. I think he could have made it a more exciting fight for the fans. He's markets himself, you know, and, and he's, he's portrayed by the UFC as this, you know, absolute, you know, masterclass mixed martial artist that's flamboyant and, you know, the, them kicks off the lead leg, you do not see them coming. They are incredible. And, and it's like, could we have seen some more, I don't know, something a little bit more from a champ that would excite the fans a little bit. And I know they're not in there to excite the fans. They're there to, to not get hurt and to win a fight. But, yeah, I just thought for two absolute warriors, this could have been a little bit more exciting. And yeah. and I just thought it felt a little flat. And the reason I think I might have thought that a little bit more than usual was because I'd just finished screaming at the fight that happened before it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, what that happened, didn't it, with the Gaethje Chandler fight, and then the fight yeah. after it was brilliant, but it, everyone yeah. felt flat because they'd just been exhausted yeah. after cheering so intensely for that Gaethje Chandler fight. Was it Quarantillo against Burgos yeah. or something like that happened mm. afterwards? I can't remember if that was what what card that was on two sixty seven, two sixty eight, something like that. But yeah, and and you're right. I think that does that does happen. Um, but so, what what go on? What, what are you gonna say? Where, where does it where does it leave? I know we touched on this on the last show, yeah. but. Are we going to see... I mean, Whitaker mentioned post-fight about a third fight. I, I can't see Dana being in any hurry to line that no. up. On the strength of that, if that would have been uh, an absolute war and, you know, Izzy just nicked it, then I think maybe we would have wanted to have seen it again. But it didn't have fireworks that, that no. would, you know, make the fans salivate to see another five rounds of it. Do we see Whitaker? I mean, what... He's not going to be easy, is he? So he's not going to be easy, is he? Um, are we going to see him push himself back down to welterweight? This is the really interesting thing. I think the obvious and easy answers for both questions would be that Izzy's going to fight Cannoneer next, and we'll get onto that fight in a minute. But Cannoneer's got that spot now, that number one spot, and Izzy wants fresh blood, as mm. he said in the post-fight press conference, press conference as well. Um, so I think it's Izzy Cannoneer next. Might be in June, because that's what Adesanya said. He said he wants June. And I think Cannoneer's just going to go for whatever. And I think it's another title defense for Izzy, probably. Um, in terms of... Oh, and in terms of Izzy, I mean, I can't see anyone else in the middleweight division getting close to him for a while. There is one person, I don't know if you saw the tweet, that tweeted at Stylebender after the fight. Uh, And he's the guy that I was thinking, even before I saw the tweet, that could potentially give Izzy problems. And that guy, and I know I'm just jumping on the hype train, is Hamzat Shemaev. I know he's down at welterweight. I know he's got a way to go. And I know he's not even beat like a top, top ranked guy yet. But looking at the way Izzy was put down, Hamzat beat Jack Hermanson in a freestyle wrestling match. And he overpowered him so much. And Hermanson's even spoken about how Hamzat is very, very strong. Um, And Hermanson's a very, very talented grappler. So if you've got a guy at 185 already that's one of the better grapplers at middleweight, and Hamzat absolutely destroyed him in a wrestling match. Yeah. Hamzat, I think, cuts an awful lot of weight to get down to welterweight. I think he's going to be way more comfortable at middleweight. And uh, I think his style could give Izzy some problems. Yeah. And again, it's, it's definitely all hype at the moment. We haven't seen him fight a top 10, top 5 guy but I do believe the hype is kind of real. And I think stylistically, Hamzat could be a terrible opponent for Izzy. Usman would as well, but Usman and Izzy are both uh, are, are both good friends. I think mean, they're, they're both of Nigerian heritage and they both, uh, you know, they, they get on really well. And I don't think that we'll ever see them fight each other. Um, but Usman is another one that stylistically I think could be a problem for Izzy. But um yeah, so he's the only one I can see that. But whether that happens anytime soon or not is another question. Going on to Whitaker, the easy and obvious answer would be get him to fight Marvin Vittori. That's a great fight. Both of them have got two losses to Izzy, so none of them are really doing anything. I think keep Sean Strickland and any potential contenders well away from Robert Whitaker because what's the point of giving him to Whitaker? Whitaker beats them, and then we don't get any fresh blood for Izzy. Keep him away from him. That's probably the best matchmaking thing to do. And make Robert fight 
the guys that aren't going to fight Izzy, like your Derek Brunsons, like your Marvin Vittori's, people like that. Um, but the more interesting thing to do would be if if Robert went, look, I really want to be a champion. That's not happening at middleweight anytime soon. Let me go to the PI and find the safest possible way for me to make welterweight again. Might be a terrible idea. He had some bad losses at, at welterweight to guys that I think he's much better than. And that may have been because the weight cut just destroyed him. But if he can go to the PI and if he can find a safe way where he can do it without taking down too much of his durability and stuff like that. Can you imagine Robert Whittaker fighting the winner of Colby Covington or Jorge Masvidal? Yeah. That would be some fight. And again, Covington's not fighting for the welterweight belt anytime soon. Masvidal's not fighting for the welterweight belt anytime soon. Let Whittaker go down there and just have a big money fight with one of those guys. And if Whittaker comes out on top, you could throw him straight into a title fight with Usman. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. If he doesn't, then he can go back up to middleweight. He can stay at welterweight. But he can do whatever he wants to do. He's in a difficult yeah. situation. He has to climb his way back up. It's crazy that you're in a difficult situation when you're the second best in the world. But it's happening, isn't it? If if, if Holloway yeah. Holloway's put these Holloway got an immediate rematch against Volkanovski because he was such a long reigning brilliant champion. So he got an immediate re- rematch, which Whitaker didn't because he didn't deserve it. Holloway has fought his way back after getting two wins, big great wins. Yeah. Uh, to fight Volkanovski. Obviously, the fight's fallen through. Now, zombies come in to replace him. But if Holloway loses to Volkanovski again, he's in exactly the same position and he will have to move up to lightweight if he wants to be a champion because there's no way he's getting a crack at the belt while Volkanovski's, Volkanovski's the champ. Yeah. So, and Colby Covington is probably the second best welterweight in the world and he's in exactly the same position. No point feeding Colby Covington, Hamzat Shemaev or whoever else is coming through the welterweight ranks. Because if he beats him, then what do you, what do you do? You've, you've lost a contender for Usman. So all the great contenders coming up, you keep them well away from Colby Covington because otherwise you lose a contender potentially. There's nothing to gain from that fight really. Uh, so there's a few people in that position, it seems at the moment. Um, yeah, they're, they're all they're all exciting fights, and they're all definitely headline cards, wasn't they? Uh, monster fights. Okay, speaking of monsters, let's get to some big old oh, monsters. Um, love, that, love that segue. Yeah, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, the co-main, uh, Derek Lewis, Taito Avaza. Uh, oh, I mean, this was... I just loved it. Absolutely oh. loved it. Like, I thought the first round... I just thought at any given point, I don't know why, I just presumed that Derek was just going to finish him. Uh, and 
as soon as they got into brawls, and it was brawls, like you realise how precise Ty's hands are. Like they hit the money so quickly, and like he's the yeah, they're just on target all the time, and he's not afraid to stand and trade. And like, and there's a lot of fighters that would not do that with Derek Lewis, and and I think we see that someone like Ty was just like, right, do you know what? I've got a big opportunity here. Like, was he ranked 10th or 11th? In going 11th, in I think. 11th against third. Oh, That's a huge jump, isn't it? It's huge jump. And like, okay, I'm going to go down on my shield here and uh, and I'm going to stand and bang with him. And, oh, good night, Derek Lewis. I mean, this now catapults Ty to Avaza into, well, as we spoke about last week, he's, he's in the big time now, right? Yeah, girls just want to have fun, baby. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. What a great... Every time he picks a cracking walkout song, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, who expected the wrestling? Yeah. That was the last thing I was expecting. Both of them going in for clinches. I mean, Ty did that very smart thing. His corner was saying, you're either all the way in or you're all the way out. You can't be yeah. in the middle with Derek. You're, you're, you're screwed. You're either on the outside. You can chuck in a few leg kicks. You do that and make sure you're at a safe distance or you're all the way in so that he can't land those big, heavy shots. Yeah. Um, and he starts that game plan pretty well, but he was just, I think, caught off guard by the wrestling. Yeah. And then the way he got up, he was lucky. When you watch it in slow motion, as he's getting back to his feet after the wrestling, there's only like one out of four of those shots that catches him sort of clean. The rest are kind yeah. of clipping around. Now, Derek Lewis is powerful enough to, to only just graze you anyway and still put you to sleep. But had any more of those shots landed clean, we could be talking about a very different story here. But mm. he seemed to just be a bit fortunate in the way that they were kind of glancing off. And then, as you say, once he got to his feet, he just started swinging back and he caught Derek and then got back to that clinch. And, I mean, I was on my feet. as soon When he hit <laughs> that elbow and you saw Derek Lewis, the knockout king of the UFC, just fall like a tree and face plant on the canvas. That was utterly incredible. That was insane. Yeah. Um, the only thing that uh, we missed was seeing him do a shoey off the top of the cage. Like, Why where was did the, they? What was he doing with that? Who was directing that? What moron like, was focusing on Derek Lewis and not I've, showing I've, us the shoey at the top of the cage? I've since seen it. Like a fan, like put a video up uh, and that, that went on on Insta because I was thinking, did he do it? Like, yeah. obviously he didn't. I just thought, why are they showing the medics sort of sitting around Derek Lewis when there's a great big monster sitting on the top of a, an octagon at the moment, drinking lager out of a shoe? I know what I want to be watching. Yeah. And I mean, he done it again on the little walk out of the octagon, didn't he? When he was when he was going um, yeah. back to the dressing room, he had he had another little go. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a superstar! I mean. <sighs> What are we thinking? What's next? Um, well, poor old Derek Lewis just should never, ever fight in Houston again. Don't let him fight in Houston again. He's, he's jinxed do you, in Houston. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you want to mention that you said about Houston uh, in, in last week's show? Do you want to, anything else you want to fucking thumb in? <laughs> well, to be fair, I picked Lewis fucking to Mystic win. Meg so I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't right. I picked Lewis to win. I thought he would win. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, if, you, if you, at any point you said, Lewis is going to take Ty down and be on top of him for a bit and start raining down punches, you'd say, oh, well, obviously Lewis won. But no, yeah. Ty's got some hell of a chin on him. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Lewis... I don't know. You could give him... There's a multitude. The thing is, Lewis is one of those characters that he could headline a fight night anywhere, anytime, and people are excited about it. You can give him the winner of Aspinall Volkov coming up yeah. in March. You could give him a returning Stipe Miocic. You could give him John Jones. You could give him absolutely anyone you like, and it's a fun, fun fight. Um, Tai Tuivasa is one of those ones where he's now probably going to be ranked third. I wouldn't be so... He's got... It's weird because he's got like unbelievable star power. He is the guy lighting up the heavyweight division at the moment. He's a feel-good story. Everyone loves him. He's got huge following on social media. This is the guy to sort of 
give favorable fights to if you're the UFC and you want to monetize this character. He's the new Roy Nelson, mate. He's the new Roy Nelson. And that's it. And so what you don't want to do, what you don't do with someone like this is give him, say, Curtis Blades, who just wants to wrestle him and lay on him for five rounds. No, do not give him Curtis Blades. Even Stipe is a questionable fight for Tai Tuivasa. Keep him away from wrestlers. If Derek Lewis has taken him down twice... You don't give Curtis him Curtis Blades. Blades will have a field day. Yeah. He'll have a field day with him. So, I mean, obviously you would hope, you would think Curtis Braids might be able to do something like that to Derek Lewis and Derek Lewis uppercutted him into the shadow realm. Hmm. So, Ty <laughs> could do the same. But, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something you want to be careful of. Derek, yeah. Ty to Ivasa now possibly could just go straight into a big fight, possibly even an interim title fight. As we mentioned, who knows what's going to happen with the Ngannou stuff. It's such a crazy mix, the heavyweight division. Ngannou needs needs knee surgery. And come December, he's a free agent. He could walk away and leave the belt behind in December if he doesn't get what he wants in his contract. Um, John Jones and Stipe Miocic have notoriously been difficult for the UFC to negotiate with, whether that's their fault or the UFC's fault, who knows? But they are people that if they don't get what they want in their contracts, they just don't, they don't fight. And they're happy to sit on the sidelines for a bit. So who does that leave? It leaves Tai Ivasa and possibly the winner of uh, Volkov and Aspinall, who we just mentioned for Derek Lewis, to step in for an interim title fight. I don't think Cyril Garn Tai Ivasa is a great fight. I think Cyril Garn again, technically much better, will keep away from those big shots and all that kind of stuff. And I don't see Ty wrestling him the way Ngannou did. So it's a Ty is a tricky, tricky fight to match up for. But, I mean, if you want to just give him fun fights, then, you know, you've got Jarzinho Rosenstrike. You've got, uh, if Chris Dorcas were to beat Curtis Blades, that's fights coming up. You you can give him uh, Chris Dorcas. But I think you should just, I think you should throw him right up there and give him someone really big and hopefully a title fight after that, or throw him straight into an interim belt fight. I, I think as as fight fans, you look at Cyril Garn, um, Curtis Blades, Rosenstrike, and that, none of them are going to interest you as much as when you see the name Taito Avaza on a card. Like, that's... Yeah. that, and, and, and ultimately, you know, Dana's smart enough to know that that, that division, you he, he's, he's the superstar in that division. You know... Arguably, I don't know. I, th- I think he's far more marketable than, you know, to, to your casual fight fan. I think he's more marketable than, 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 than Garn. Uh, and even the champ, like, I, I think he's just, got a, he's just got a very, very fun personality and he yep. just gives it to the, to the fans. And I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was a bad night for Derek's though, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh man, the Derricks, the poor Derricks. Um, yeah, man. That <clears throat> segue was a... better. That segue was good. I enjoyed that segue as well. Thank you. I thought that one was better. No, I, but I think they're both equally good. They're both All equally right. good. We didn't um, acknowledge it. Uh, I know. Sorry, I was, I was oh, clearing my throat. Love. All right, mate. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I thought um, Brunson had a great first round. He, smashed him he in the first round. Knockdown. He, he went for the choke. It wasn't quite under the chin. It went pretty well for Brunson. What happened to his gas tank? What happened to Brunson though? I don't think it was just the gas tank. He just come out and was a different fighter. His face, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. I just thought it was a very strange Derek Brunson. It was he just like, tired to me. I don't know. I just thought there was something different about him. He didn't. I, I guess you know maybe he was just trying to put a bit of a face on the on the tiredness, but Derek Brunson should not be gassed after one round. Absolutely not. No, I, I, I mean, if it was something else, you could argue maybe he felt Cannonier's power and was worried. I don't know, but he dominated that first round from my memory of it. He, Completely. Uh, say he, he he got the knockdown, so he's winning the striking exchange technically. Then he's got him down to where he wants him. He's put him down. He's he's nearly got a choke. You would think he's coming into that second round incredibly confident. But he just looked just totally tired, like he knew that he was he in trouble. Beaten. He did he did. He looked he looked beaten. And the way he was laboring around the octagon after that, you're just like, what's I don't understand what's happened. I mm. don't get it. Um but it looked to me 
just like his gas tank absolutely failed uh and Cannoneer just took advantage of it what it what it means is uh, for him to get that second round finish as well is he does get the uh Adesanya fight but there's I wasn't blown away by that performance and that was not so much to do with Cannoneer as it was with Brunson because it felt like Cannoneer didn't beat a good Derek Brunson Cannoneer beat a sitting duck in Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson just did not look, as you said, like himself. He just seemed tired. He deemed immobile. He seemed like he was... Very, very different fighter come out in that second round. Yeah, and so it just makes me think, well, I'm not overly excited about Cannoneer, is he? Because Adesanya, I think, picks him apart. And I think Cannoneer doesn't offer too much of a grappling challenge for Adesanya. So what it becomes is it becomes uh, one of the best strikers we've ever seen in the UFC with a height and reach advantage and unbelievable footwork versus a guy with good kickboxing, but let's face it, a puncher's chance. Yeah. And Izzy has fought an unbelievable amount of people that have had a puncher's chance and have had power. You look at Romero and people like that, it's like, I, I just don't see how Cannoneer gives Izzy any real problems and so i'm not overly excited about it as a as a, a matchup to look forward to i don't think i would have been that excited about brunson adesanya either like, but I if just... he'd have but if he'd have put cannoneer down either yeah. for three rounds and held him down or yeah. if he had got that strike and then the choke like that, i would have been a bit more excited for brunson because he's on a longer win streak yeah he's only really been beaten from what i remember by izzy and whittaker yep and so you're like, well, he's come on, he's evolved, and he offers that thing that we all think of that could be Izzy's kryptonite, and the that kryptonite, is decent yeah. wrestling. But he doesn't. He's de- well, he doesn't have the gas tank for it, at least. And so it would have been more interesting going in because you think at least Brunson, we know, has a path to victory. Whether he can pull it off or not is another issue. But there's a pathway there that you can see and go, if he does this, he wins. Cannoneer, yeah. I just don't, I don't see him landing that punch. Like, yeah. Whitaker took Adesanya down like three or four times in the course of the fight. And Whitaker is not a wrestler. Yeah. He's got good grappling for a guy that strikes most of the time, but he's not a wrestler. Brunson is a fucking wrestler. And if, mm. if, if Whitaker can do it three times, you know Brunson should be able to do it more than that. So, yeah, I don't know. And right. also, Whit- Whitaker's striking is, is really. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Really, really decent, and he couldn't get it off. Mm-hmm. So, where does that leave Jared Cannonier? Hundred And you saw Whitaker demolished Cannonier when they yeah. fought. I know that's not always the good like MMA yeah, yeah. maths isn't always mm. right. If this guy beats this guy, it doesn't mean he beats that guy and all that stuff. But, but no, I don't see any reason why we, we should be overly excited about Adesanya Cannonier. Other, other than maybe is he hopefully doing a dance as he walks to the octagon or something, wearing a funny outfit. I don't know. That's the only thing I'd be really interested in seeing the fight for. Um, 
Maybe I'll change my mind when I get there. Um, but yeah, that's that was that really. Anything else you want to say on that? No, not really. Um, yeah, yeah. Just echoing your thoughts. Neither of them fights particularly. Uh, yeah, the the, the Cannoneer Adesanya fight. I, I'm not that excited about. Um, I mean, we're gonna sort of. We don't necessarily have to talk about every fight on this car, but there's a few no. that I want to talk about. Um, do you want to touch on the the, the Macano um, Hernandez fight? Uh, it was a good win for Macano, but I'm not oh, like it was a good win. It was a nice fight. It was fine. Yeah, I've got not a huge amount to say about it other than that. I've got a huge amount to say about Bobby Green's boxing. Yeah, boy, <laughs> hit me with it. Fucking hell! I mean, that was a masterclass, wasn't it? That was a schooling. It's- yeah. Like, Nasrat must just be thinking, I need to get a new boxing coach. Like, because he just. <laughs> and that boxing coach up. needs to be Bobby Green. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I need a new boxing coach, and it needs to be Bobby Green, because he has just plastered my face all over Houston. I mean, we, 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 you know, I mentioned Ty Tuivasa being a fan favourite. Bobby Green has just literally added so much more kudos to his fan yeah. favourite fucking credentials, because he was incredible his hands yeah. the precision on his hands straight through that guard time and time again the way he just like, keeps them low and chats yeah. as well i'm like you are a badass i love it yeah he's got a great like, story as well though he's homeless for a while and stuff like that. he's just like he's got, like what a, a huge evolution not as a fighter as a person as like yeah. you know to have uh, to have gone through the stuff he's gone through the the it's an inspiring story i think so yeah, incredible stuff from Bobby Green. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the, the, the first fight on the card that well, it was the first fight on the card, wasn't it? it was Olofsky on the on main the card? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I mean, to touch on the Olofsky fight, I mean, it's another win. Oh, before you do, before you go do, on. matchmaking wise, go on, go on, throw Fr- me in, throw me Bobby in. Green. They've but though Bobby Green beat Ally Quinter, now he's beat Hack Parast. The yeah. loss he had was to Fiziev, and we Fiziev's doing incredibly well. There's another that, guy. That fight's off, though, isn't it? Well, no, I think it's just been pushed back a week or two, as far as I know, Fiziev oh, okay. versus Rafael de Sanos. Yeah. But my point was, another guy that is a great striker and only recently lost to Fiziev is Brad Riddell. That's a great fight. Bobby Green, yeah. Brad Riddell. I'd, I'd love to watch that. I think that could be a cracking fight. I mean, are we going to see Bobby Green start to look to... To creep in the rankings, surely. Well, if I, I, I think he could be a top fifteen, maybe. I, th- I don't see him really being top ten. Yeah. But I mean, Brad Riddell's probably up there around what, like 12, 13, 14, something yeah. like that. So I think that Brad Riddell, Bobby Green, that's a cracking fight. What a great fight that would be. Anything like stick Bobby Green opening a main card and like, yep, all over it, all, all over it. Long. Yep. <sighs> Uh, Andre Alofsky, uh 43. He's 43 right. and he's still doing it. I know. I know. And winning. Like, winning. you know, over, over three rounds. Um, <sighs> didn't particularly excite me, the fight. And nah. and I know that on the pre, pre-show I was going, like, why is he still fighting? But then I looked at his record and he was on an absolute roll and he's just added another fight to that. So... I know you mentioned he's Neil Magny territory in regards of, you know, solid gateway fighter. And it's like, right, you know, anybody that's that's coming up from him with Andre, you know, let's see if they've got yeah. the, the minerals to get through some, you know, some, some serious experience. But Yeah, he's a, he's a lower level Magny. It's like Magny is yeah. like a gatekeeper to the top five or so yeah. in the worldweight division. And Arlovsky seems like a gateway keeper to the top 15 of, of heavyweight. Yeah, if you get past him, okay. you're a top 15 guy. Yeah. And I guess he's is a good name to have on your record, isn't it? It's Andre Alofsky. You know, yeah. But and it's a name the... like he's on the prelims. It's a name for a yeah. card. Any card that's got Andre Alofsky headline in the prelims or on the prelims, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll watch Alofsky. I know he's not the yeah. exciting fighter he used to be, but yeah, it's, Ar- it's Arlovsky. He's a name. So the next fight's an interesting one. Um, so this is uh, Roxanne uh, Modaferi's retirement fight. Yes. Uh, and Casey O'Neill, um, who's on an absolute roll at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it was a weird fight. Um, a, a weird fight for Casey O'Neill because people should be super excited about her. You know, 
if she's Scottish or Australian, I'm not too sure. The, the accent doesn't really define what she is. It's uh, a real crazy hybrid. Um, but people should be getting excited about Casey O'Neill because she's looking legit. Yeah. Um, and I know everybody loves uh, Roxanne Malaferi, and I think Casey O'Neill had to adopt. I don't think she had any choice. She had to be the bad guy in this fight because yeah. you're not going to be the likeable fighter when you're no. fighting Roxy. Were the booze um, a bit much, though? Where did the I thought so. I, 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 I just think she didn't touch gloves, did she, if I remember rightly? Well, did she not? Like, um, and I think, you know, in the in some of the media up to it, you know, she was, wasn't was really, you know, saying, I'm going in there to win. And like, fucking right. You're not going in there to just go, oh, do you know what, it's her last fight. I'll let her uh, take my, 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 you know, my clean record. Uh, and what Casey O'Neill done was absolutely dominated uh, Roxanne. Uh, I thought she looked yeah. phenomenal. Wasn't it a split uh, decision as well? What someone judge did gave that? it to Roxy. And I mean, were they just like heart overhead? Were they just like, oh, I Roxy, let's try and she, send you on your way with a win? Um, she probably just buys some crystals or Dungeons and Dragons merch from Roxy or something. I don't know whoever that judge was. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that weren't cool, man. It was like, that was a dominant Bad. display. It was, like, wasn't it? Uh, Roxy had nothing. She no. was just, I mean, I remember many times DC and Bisping were saying, you know, she's not stopped coming forwards. It's like, yeah, but getting hit yeah. constantly. Like, she wasn't getting anything off. She wasn't, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I love Roxanne, and, and it would have been great to see her retire with yeah. a win. But what I took from that fight was just how exciting things are going to be for Casey O'Neill. She looked <laughs> legit. Yeah. But I still want the UFC to slowly build her up. I don't like. There's no point trying to give Casey O'Neill a title fight this year, or maybe even next year. Let's take so she's nine and zero, mm. and let's let's face it, the flyweight division isn't the greatest. There's a few um, interesting uh, names in there. Manon Furo, I think, is is potentially a really good fighter for the future. Uh, obviously, Casey O'Neill and and. Macy Barber's had a couple of or one or two setbacks now, but you know a lot of people were high on her a little while ago, and maybe that'll carry on, and maybe she'll get back on track. Um, Aaron Blanchfield, I think, is someone that's unranked at the moment. Still, so there, there was some fresh blood in the flyweight division that could make it exciting, but there's no way they're a touch on on Valentina anytime soon. They're, they're just not. So let's slow roll Casey O'Neill. Um, Having said that, I'd, I'd like to see her just move forward gradually. She'll probably be 12th in the rankings taking Roxanne's spot or maybe even move up to 11th. Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, no, because Roxanne will move out. So, yeah, Casey O'Neill will just probably end up in 12th. There's a few fights going on. I can't Jojo Calderwood or Jojo Wood, I should, I should say. Uh, she's got a fight booked. Is that against Alexa Grasso? I believe I think so. She's, she's fighting Alexa Grasso. Now, I don't know why, but Jojo Wood and Casey O'Neill do not get on. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Both Scottish, both flying the flag for Scotland, um, but they don't get on. There's been an issue there. I don't know what it is. If Jojo Wood loses that fight to Alexa Grasso, which obviously I hope she doesn't. I always want to see Jojo do well. I think she's brilliant and really lovely person when we chatted to her on the show um but if she did lose she'd be 11th and casey o'neill would be 12th and it could make a lot of sense to make that fight so i don't know we'll have to see where that one goes but i think o'neill is definitely a really great prospect for the future but i don't think roxanne was the hardest test for her jojo would be a harder test so Maybe yeah. that would be great. And it, again, 12th, 11th is still slow, slow rolling. Uh, that could be the good way good way to do it. Definitely. I, I think I think JoJo's stand-up is way better than Roxy's. I think yes. you know, JoJo's Muay Thai is, 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 is really solid. So I think that could make for a really exciting fight. If there's a bit of bad blood there, mm-hmm. you know, both Scots, like, I think, yeah, it could be really exciting. I'd like to know a little bit more of the backstory there as well. You know, if that starts to drip out, that could, that could start to sort of uh, get the old... Uh, Fan, the Flames fanned. So, uh, yeah, well up for uh, a bit. I didn't even consider that fight. 
but uh, but yeah, obviously it was nice to see Roxy put a a, a mitts in the octagon and uh, and and leave. You know, fan favourite for, for for many years. I mean, when you got twenty five and twenty, that's uh, that's a lot of fights. And, that's a uh, lot of fights and a lot of losses, a lot of adversity, and she just kept on coming. And you know, yeah, and she's the happy warrior. She's the happy mm. warrior for a reason. She's just loved what she did, and I think a lot of fans got behind her. She's got. Yeah, she's got a special place in a lot of MMA fans' hearts, I think, Roxanne yeah. Modafferi. So I hope things go well for her in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Right, so there's only two fights I'm even, I want to talk about, but the one from the Fight Pass prelims that I mentioned earlier that won Fight of the Night and was an absolute cracker. You have to go and watch it. Okay. was uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Morozov at Bantamweight. The Bantamweights were on fire. Um, unbelievable fight. Um, it was just it was just all action. It, it only was uh, just under two rounds. It was one way traffic for the first round, and then completely flipped on its head. Uh, Morosov got uh, a knockdown. He opened. Uh, he landed a massive elbow from top position. It cut the silver. The uh, Andrade open. Sorry, the Andrade. I should say open. Uh, and he was bleeding. And even after the round one, the, 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 the cut man couldn't close that cut. It was a bad cut. Just thankfully to the side of the eye rather than on top. So the blood wasn't getting in yeah, his yeah. face. But the crowd in Houston were just reacting to the to the monitors, the TV screens, where the blood was just flowing and pouring everywhere. It was really gruesome. And then he comes out in that second round and just completely puts on a phenomenal performance. Great striking, knocks him down. Morozov couldn't handle it, and he ended up winning with a, a, a rear naked choke. And uh, yeah, it was really, really great fight. You got to check out that fight. Oh, I'll, I'll have some of that later. I'll have yep. some of that. And uh, the other one was was Kyler Phillips, the Matrix. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've always been a fan of Kyler Phillips. His last fight was that Piver fight where I thought he was hard done by. It could have been a draw because yeah. I think. And it, the only reason he really lost that fight to Piva was was a gas tank issue because he just emptied the tank thinking he could get him out of there and he didn't. Um, but he's just he's just so exciting, man. He throws spinning attacks. He's got great striking, but he mixes in wrestling really well as well. Uh, I'm a big Kyler Phillips fan, and he won with that kind of from mount position. He got that kind of triangle and then turned that into an armbar. It was really lovely to watch, um, and. Yeah, I don't know what what could be next, but and this is maybe boring matchmaking, but I'd be interested in seeing rematching Pyvar. I know that only happened like last year or whatever, but I felt like it was a bad decision. It could easily have been a draw. Um, Pyvar's look coming off a loss to Sean O'Malley. I think you could run that back. I I, I would like to to see a better outcome to that fight because I don't think the judges got that right. Otherwise, bantamweight is so stacked. You could throw Kyler Phillips in there with anyone, and it could be a really fun fight. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, just what's the next event we got coming up? Uh, Johnny Walker, uh, Jamal Hill. Uh, was that the card? It was supposed to be Fiziev. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, this isn't the main event fight that Fiziev no. RDA would have been far better, wouldn't it? Um, Julian Marquez versus uh, Dorcas is on that. It's it's not a super exciting card so far. I don't nah. know what else he's going to get added to it. Oh, Jim Miller's on it. Um, oh, Cor- uh, Corey McKenna. Oh, cancelled. Yeah, I'm going to say Corey McKenna's on the... Uh, oh, and Latifi was meant to be on it. That's been cancelled. And obviously the Fizier fight's been cancelled. Yeah, they've obviously bumped uh, Corey to go and fight in London. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, what's... I'm thinking, what's After that... that? Is Darius Makachev. See, that's the one. This weekend, yeah, hopefully it'll be all right. Hopefully there'll be some stuff going on with it. But uh, what we all really want to see is Darius v. Makachev. That is is such a brilliant fight, isn't it? It's so exciting, and it's got such big, big implications for that division. I'm trying to pull up the card, but I can't pull it up just to see what else Uh, is on there. Oh, here it is. Uh, Kirkunov versus Terman, uh, Ji Yong Kim versus no opponent announced there. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. There's not much else on that card no. that's getting me super excited at all. However, I think that main event in itself is enough 
That really yeah. is enough. That Dariush Makachev, I, I couldn't be more. I think that's one of my most anticipated fights of the year. I'm well, really, really interested in what Dariush can do because we all know Makachev is Khabib's protege. He's got unbelievable wrestling. He's got better striking than Khabib has, but he he's got that kind of Dagestani high wrestling, high like big, powerful pressure kind of style wrestling. And uh, but Dariush is great on the ground. He's got good wrestling. Got great jujitsu. This could think, be really interesting. I think it really will be, and I, and I think that this is the fight where I honestly think he's the only fighter in that division that can stop him. Uh, and if he doesn't, I, I see a very very bright future for Makachev that's going to involve a little bit of shiny stuff around his waist. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I just think Dariush is the worst matchup on paper. I think for him in that division, and uh, and if he gets through that, then yeah, world's his oyster. I think, mate. Yeah, yeah, I I think you could be right, but if Dariush wins, or but this is this is the number one contender fight, isn't it? 100%. This is it. This is got so we got Gaethje versus Oliveira. When's that booked for? Is that booked for like May or June or something like that? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's been announced, yeah. isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah. It's like May or June. Dariush, uh, uh, Gaethje versus Oliveira for the belt. And the winner of that is likely to fight the winner of Dariush Makachev. So don't miss that one. That should be an absolute cracker. And then Absolutely. after that, Sunday the 6th baby. of March. Oh, well, should be Saturday the 5th of March or Sunday the 6th of March on British time. Uh, Covington Masvidal. Did you see at the end of 271, they did like a trailer for Covington yeah. Masvidal? Oh, it was cheesy, but great, wasn't it? <laughs> all of them being pals, that bit. Yeah, where they were all it was just great. Like, and then, like a uh, bad I 90s mean, action movie. I loved it. Obviously, we do a pre and post on uh, on 272, but just just to throw it out there, I see this not being a great night for Masvidal. I, I, I think I think yeah. as Colby's just too good. Uh, uh, yeah, and obviously they've moved uh, Dos Anjos and Fiziev to that card. Barbosa versus Bryce Mitchell. Kevin Holland That's versus Oliveira. Barbosa, yeah. Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell hasn't fought for a while, but Bryce Mitchell's great, unbelievable grappler. Barbosa, fantastic striking. And then Marina Rodriguez, if she beats Jan Janan, she could be in for title contention off that. There's yeah. a lot going on with this card, actually, that could have implications for, for what happens going forward. Kevin Holland making his uh, welterweight debut as well. Against yeah. uh, Alex Oliveira, uh, yeah, there's some good stuff on that card. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the the bottom line is we're all a little bit excited about uh, March the nineteenth, though, right? We are. Should we <laughs> should we say why we're particularly excited, or should we save that for later down the line? Oh, do you know what? If anyone's still listening at this point, let's throw it out there. Right out there. So. Myself and Stuart Whiffin Hello. have landed ourselves a couple of press passes. So we will be in with the media. Yeah. Uh, UFC uh, accredited press. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm going to go with one of those like Trilby hats with like a big paper uh, clip in it saying press on it. Like yeah. the old school kind of like. American oh, no, every, everyone, like does. everyone does. Everyone does. Everyone does. Yeah. yeah, no, cool, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll fit right don't, in. Don't then. understand that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm going to take a typewriter. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Oh, we'll uh, we'll blend right in. I'm going to take one of the kids' microphones and just stand up and be like, <laughs> Dana White, Blake Harrison here from the MMA Fan Podcast. <laughs> you have to talk in that voice all night. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on here? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you going to do UFC London again? Are you on some summer cruise? What you doing, huh? huh? <laughs> oh, incredible, incredible. And yeah, I mean... Let's not sort of start looking at that car because there's way too much to get excited about on that. Oh. That's another night. Yeah, we'll um, do a load of stuff for the UFC London card, I think, because also the 100%. day before the UFC London card is Cage Warriors, Cage Warriors. as well. Yeah, it, that's going to be an insane. Uh, Darren few days. Stewart, Darren Stewart signs back. with Cage Warriors yeah, and fights uh, at the O2 for uh, uh, for Cage Warriors uh, the, the night before uh, uh, at the Indigo um, Centre in there, which super exciting to see the dentist back in action and what a great name to have back at, at Cage Warriors. Um, yeah, some amazing fights on that. Hopefully we'll um, we'll have some of the lads on uh, and ladies on in the lead up to that, and obviously. Uh, you know, Volkov versus Aspinall at uh, the uh, O2. So, I think we can wrap things up tonight. Let's do it. 
Lovely. Happy Valentine's Day, mate. Yes, you too, mate. Um, and uh, yeah, have much. a glass of wine with you. Maybe see where this evening went. Yeah. I know. Get I'll you a little bit the tipsy. Candles. And, uh, <laughs> and and obviously the biggest love always goes to you lot for continuing to support this podcast and listen to it and you know thanks for all the shares loves retweets and messages and stuff um, it's great to know that uh, it's not just me and Blake sitting in our sheds having a chat um, there's people out there that are actually listening so huge thanks to you lot and uh, yeah and if this for some reason happened to be your first time listening then go check out the back catalogue because uh, so many of the fighters that we spoke about so many if not majority of the British, if not all of the, the fights on the uh, the London card, we've had them all on as guests and uh, and some more than once. And there's some great chats to be enjoyed there. So go check out the back catalogue. Other than that, we'll see you next time. Bye.